Our reading this morning is taken from John's Gospel, chapter 14, beginning at verse 15. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say, I'm going away and I'm coming back to you. If you you loved me, you'd be glad that I'm going to the Father. For the Father is greater than I. I've told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you, for the Prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me, but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come now, let us leave. This is the word of the Lord. If you love me, you will obey what I command, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, another counsellor, to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. Where are we? We're in the upper room. The Last Supper has happened. Jesus has washed the disciples' feet. He shared bread and wine. He said, I want you to do this to remember me. And now he's sharing final words with his friends. Um, The chapters 14 to 17 in John are often known as Jesus' final discourse, final words that he speaks to his disciples. So it's really important that we take note of what he says. But for me, reading this again, I've read this many, many times, but it struck me so much. We need to remember where it's being said. It's being said in the context of that Last Supper. And in the context of Jesus showing his disciples what love truly is how he loves them, 
and how they are meant to love each other and the world. They've already had one deep question just before this, where um, they're asking, where are you going? And, And Jesus says, you know, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. If you knew where I was going, that's where it is. And, and Thomas querying all of that. There's lots of theology in these chapters. It's really deep with meaning. And trying to grasp what the truths are for the disciples at the time is quite complex. And trying to grasp what the truths are for us are quite complex as well. But what Jesus is doing is telling them about the future reminding them again that he is leaving them. Yes, he is going. He is going to be with the Father. And he knows that the disciples will find that difficult. They will be sad. They will be bereft. But, he says, it is good that I go. How do you hear that when someone is saying, I'm going to die? And yet then is saying, but this is good. This is good because once I'm with my Father, I'm going to send another Another who will be with you and will be in you and will allow you to do more than you can do when I am here on earth. This is an amazing future that Jesus is promising his disciples. And it starts with love. It starts with the love of the Father, shown in Jesus. The love that Jesus has for the Father, that he will carry on doing all that God asks of him, all that the Father asks of him, right to the end, to giving his life. It's the love of the Spirit that allows that love to be known to us and allows us to be united with the Father, with Jesus living in us. It starts with love, but it goes on to show that that love needs to be shared and needs to be shared with the world around. Jesus came to reveal God to the world, to reveal the face of the Father to those who did not know him. And as the Spirit comes in a new way, so the mission carries on and the disciples have got a mighty task in store for them. So there's lots about the unity of Father, Son and Spirit And you might know there's a a wonderful icon by a Russian painter called Rublev, which has three people, three figures round a table. It's quite a flat perspective because of the time it was painted. But each is looking to the other. Father, Son and Spirit, each looking to the other, each revealing the other. No one more important than the other, united in their love for one another, and in their sense of revealing each other to the world. And in that icon, there's a space at the front, and people have looked at that, and and I don't know whether Rublev intended this, but what people say now is that that space is an invitation for us to join in that unity, to join with Father, Son, and Spirit. And the promise that Jesus makes here of the Spirit coming is that Jesus will now live within us. And the reason that Jesus can live within us is through the power of the Spirit. Jesus is in heaven. He reigns on high with the Father. And yet, he lives within us. It blows your mind, doesn't it? But he lives within us because of the power of the Spirit. The Spirit indwelling, allowing us to have Jesus in our lives, that we might live like Jesus. 
Yes, it feels good to know Jesus. Yes, it's good for all the way that we live our lives. But actually, Jesus lives within us that we might be Jesus in the world, that we might continue his mission, that we might continue to show others who God truly is. It's a really important passage. And we know that the disciples will wait. And they will still be waiting two weeks' time, Pentecost. They will still be waiting in Jerusalem, not fully understanding Jesus' words, but waiting. Waiting for something to happen. The Spirit isn't a new thing. The Spirit has been there all the time, hovering over the water at creation. The Spirit is a person, alive with Father and Son. And he, she, will come in a fresh way at Pentecost. But Jesus is preparing his friends for that moment. He's reminding them that they don't need to be bereft because he's leaving them. And he is reminding them of what that will mean for them. That things don't end on the cross. There is the resurrection. But there is that whole mission beyond to carry on the mission of God that carries on today. It's a really positive, encouraging, challenging passage, full of deep meaning, full of understanding. But I've been puzzled all week by the word if. Three times is the word if. If you love me, you will obey what I command. If you love me. If you love me, you will obey what I command and I will ask the Father and he will give you another counsellor. There's something about a condition here. There's something about choice. It's not automatic that we live as Jesus asks us to. And we talked a few weeks ago about life in all its fullness. What does it mean to live life in all its fullness? It means to live as Jesus calls us to be. To be the people God has called us to be and the Spirit is transforming us into. And as we live like that, we live as Jesus by the power of the Spirit. And I've just been really challenged this week about that word, if I know that God lives in me. And I know that that allows me to do his works in ways that I could never do in my own strength. I know the power of the Spirit in me. I know the power of the Spirit of truth that transforms me, that rubs away those rough edges that in some areas of my life has a massive amount of work still to do, but is changing me, moulding me, shaping me into who God has created me to be. And I know that Jesus lives in me. But do I obey his commandments? What does that really mean? It means not following a list of rules, but it means living as Jesus. And that's what I find the most challenging thing as I've pondered this passage this week. Do I live like Jesus? Sometimes, yes. All the time, no. And yet if I want to know the power of the Spirit in its fullness... There is something about me living as Jesus. And I can only do that with the power of the Spirit. It's in one of these sort of catch-22 situations. I need the power of the Spirit to do it, but I need to want to do it as well. So I've been pondering this. You know I like to walk and I pray as I walk. And it's just been saying, God, what are you saying? What is this word, if, saying? And then I was sent a, a clip 
We're going to watch the video in a minute, Rob. Um, Thy Kingdom Come will be starting, uh, the the 10 days of prayer starts this Thursday on Ascension Sunday. And I get little clips sent through. And very excited Justin Welby sent a clip this week where he'd met with a Pope and asked the Pope if he would give a message to us for Thy Kingdom Come. And just watch this. It happened a little while ago. I had the huge privilege of meeting Pope Francis, who is extraordinary. I very cheekily said to him, would he give a message for thy kingdom come? And without a pause, he gave the message you're about to hear. Listen carefully, it is utterly inspiring. Ven Espíritu Santo. Es como el clamor de todos los cristianos en este día de Pentecostés. Ven Espíritu Santo. La promesa del Padre, la promesa de Jesús. El Espíritu Santo que hará un poco más amplio, más grande nuestro corazón. Nosotros tenemos siempre un problema. El problema es que el corazón se achica, se achica, se achica, se cierra y no podemos solucionar ese problema nosotros solos. Solo lo puede hacer el Espíritu Santo. Ven Espíritu Santo y a Jesús que venga tu reino, el reino del Padre que tú nos viniste a anunciar. Y hoy ustedes, hermanos míos, con mi hermano Justin Berber. Queremos decirles que los acompañamos en este pedido que venga tu reino. The Holy Spirit comes to enlarge and widen our hearts, but we've got a problem. Our hearts tend to shrink and shrink and shrink. And I thought, that's the if. That is the if in my life. That is the if in many of our lives. It's the if in the life of our church. Because in our human condition, our hearts shrink and shrink and shrink. And by that I mean we become less and less like Jesus. And then I began to think, why is that? Why does that happen? When I long for my heart to be full, I long to live like Jesus every day. Why is it that there's a risk that my heart shrinks and shrinks and shrinks? I do need the Holy Spirit. I need total dependence on God. I can't do this on my own. And that's a good place to get to. We've talked a lot about that place of vulnerability, of recognizing our total dependence on God. So that's a good place to be. But why else? And one day I was walking, just on Friday, and I had a memory of uh, our trip to Uganda. I see that um, Kim and Alex are here as well. I don't know if you remember this, but we went into a school on the edge of one of the slums. And it was a school where they were doing a lot of peer-to-peer mentoring, children supporting each other. And there were some 10-year-olds who were performing a little play for the 6-year-olds. And this play was about being safe and about the right to be safe. That children had the right not to be beaten by their teachers or by their parents. They had the right 
to be safe as they walk to school, not to be dragged off by gangs who would then make them work and live on the streets. They had the right not to be sexually abused. They had the right to an education and not to be pulled out of school in order to work to bring in money for their families. I remember Kim saying they're so little. They are so little. And they had to learn that they had the right to be children. And that is a really hard thing. And then this morning when I came in and saw that in the news sheet, Mim's asking us for prayers. And again, this is Child Protection Month for the Connect Network in Cape Town. Pray that they reach out to their communities in order to make them safer for children to grow and thrive. Life is really easy in Surrey. We think it's really tough because, my goodness me, it's busy, isn't it? How are you? I'm really busy. But actually, life is really easy. And I think that's why our hearts shrink and shrink and shrink. Because most times, most days, I don't need to rely on God. I can get by. I've got enough money in the bank to buy food, to feed my family. Really good food. I can go to Waitrose. I never have to pray for when the next meal is going to be on my table. I rarely have to pray for my safety. I can wander around Wanish at 11 o'clock at night in the dark with no street lights and not feel threatened. We might get noises outside in our garden, but it's usually the badger rather than people coming to break in. I can choose education and the fear when we don't get the school that we want for our children. Life is really easy here. And my concern is that that makes our hearts shrink and shrink and shrink. And when we went to Uganda to see the choices and the life that people were living there, totally dependent on Jesus, totally reliant on the power of the Holy Spirit to work in them, to show them a different way of living. We'd gone out wondering what we might do for them, but my goodness me, did they do far more for us. And I think that impact is still there in our lives of just being challenged by that faith of God at work in their lives and that daily calling upon the power of the Spirit. Do I daily call upon the power of the Spirit? Sometimes, but not every day. And I think we have a challenge to pray that our hearts will enlarge and widen and to pray that really longing for that to happen and it is a really scary prayer because it takes us to places of discomfort it takes us beyond our comfort zone of where we feel safe and secure I think it affects our choices part of being well off is having choice the wealthier you are the more choice you have. And I mean wealth in the sense of us being a wealthy country. We have choice that those children in Uganda didn't have at all. But with choice comes responsibility. And if I want to live like Jesus, I need to pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to influence my choices. Joe prayed for me at school on Friday. I went into school for a final assembly, which is quite moving. And at the end, Tess said, uh, let's have some children come up and pray for Debbie. And Joe was one of them. I don't know if you remember what you prayed for me, Joe. You might not. 
But you prayed, and it was really good, that Reverend Debbie would always make good choices in her new job. And that is such a powerful prayer, a really challenging prayer. Because I'm going to have the chance to make decisions, to make choices. If I do them in my own strength, they won't necessarily be the right choices. And I think that's the challenge for all of us in the choices that we make, that we make them through the power of the Spirit in order that we might live like Jesus. Because this is what Jesus is saying. If you obey my commandments, if you live like me, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. And the Spirit will help you in that. Do I love Jesus enough? Do I love Jesus enough that I want to live like him? And if I do, I can through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I think that's the conclusion I came to. That this is why this is challenging. Because life is actually fairly easy here. And so in order to live truly spirit-filled lives, we have to be disciplined and choose to do so. Because we don't need to. We need to be disciplined and choose to do so. And every morning I need to wake up and say, I choose to live as Jesus. And that means I need to see Jesus in everyone around me, not just the people I like. I need to be as Jesus and get my hands dirty. And for each one of us, that will mean different things. What does it mean to get your hands dirty? Jesus has just washed his disciples' feet, a symbol of being willing to get down in the mess of people's lives. And if I want to be like Jesus, that's what I'm promising to do. And if I want to live with Jesus in my life, I need to trust him and let him lead me. And not make all my plans myself and then include Jesus and say, will you bless these plans, Lord? If I want to live like Jesus, I need to put others first. Jean Vanier said this, He says, we cannot be moved by the Spirit for the things of God if we are seeking only the things of the world. What a massive challenge. We cannot be moved by the Spirit for the things of God if we are seeking only the things of the world. I know I want to seek the things of God and I want to live my life like that. And I know as a church, that is what you're looking for in the next chapter of your phase. To build on what God has been doing amongst us and to take it to new heights. Incredibly exciting. Really exciting to think that someone will come in and continue under God's guidance to build what God has already been doing. And we know God has been doing so much. And you will need the power of the Spirit to do that. But you need to be focused on the things of God and not be distracted by the things of the world. If the Spirit is going to claim this church for who it truly is, You need to be focused on Jesus, on the Father, and empowered by the Spirit. Paul and I need that as we leave. We each need it in our own lives. But I just sense God saying, this is a challenge. It is exciting and sad, this moment. Next two weeks are weird, aren't they? There is excitement and there is sadness. There is a sense of God holding each of us but fear as to what that might look like. But we all have that sense of direction. And I know, I feel it here, 
that you long to seek the things of God. And a final word from me into that is this, don't then be distracted by the things of the world. So I want to pray, and I want to pray the prayer that I used at the APCM, Disturb Me, Lord, and you know it's a challenging prayer. But listen to it again, and if you feel this is where you are, will you join by saying Amen at the end? Disturb me, Lord, when my dreams come true, only because I dreamt too small. Disturb me when I arrive safely, only because I sail too close to the shore. Disturb me when the things I have gained cause me to lose my thirst for more of you. Disturb me when I have acquired success, only to lose my desire for excellence. Disturb me when I give up too soon and settle too far short of the goals you have set for my life. Disturb me, Lord. Amen.